For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. That's my show. I'm Shane. I do this every single week. Make sure you're subscribed. Hit that subscribe button right now so you don't forget later. We got a great episode this week. Something I've wanted to do for a very long time. I'm a huge fan of this guy. I've been a huge fan of his for, I guess, like 20 years. It's pretty crazy. I knew about this band when they were just a local band in California because they were one of the first bands to have a following on the internet. I'm talking about Southern California's finest, Rufio. Their singer, lead singer, lead guitar player, Scott Sellers, he's been off the radar a little bit for the past couple years, but he's been working. He has put out four albums in the past year and a little bit. Four albums. Four four albums. Let that sink in. Um, yeah, this is a guy that, me, that can barely write like a song a year. So uh, when you're talking about four albums in just over a year, it blows my mind. This guy's amazing. And uh, he's a super, super nice guy, too. So excited that Scott agreed to do this. We've been trying to do it for a while, trying to link up. And this is a great episode. So thank you so much for being here, as always. Or if it's your first time, welcome. We got like 197 or something like that episodes you can check out. Pretty awesome, if I do say so myself. If you want to get in touch with me, I read all my email. Feel free to email me. I try to get back to everybody. I'm a bit behind now. I'm going to do like a crazy like two, three hour just like boom, 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 email everybody. 
back. Um, so if you emailed me like a year ago, you might get a reply from me. Um, cause I go through periods of time where I'm really good about, you know, emailing people back. And sometimes I'll email people back like right away. Other times not so good, but hit me up lead singer syndrome at gmail.com. Add me on social media at Shane told I I'm on Twitter you know, once in a while, I'm on Instagram as well. And uh, you can add the show at Lead Singer Sin, S Y N, on Twitter and at Lead Singer Syndrome. If you want to help out the show, oh, I've got the way you can do that. It's called the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. And it costs you a little bit of money $6 a month. Or, you know, you can pay a little more and get a little bit more. But you get access to a whole bunch of bonus content, bonus episodes. For some people, one episode a week is not enough. So I got more. I made more. There are more to check out. And it gives you access to a really beautiful community of other people, other fans of the show, music fans. We talk about everything on a really awesome Facebook group. And we have meetups all over the world. And literally, we have someone from just about every nook and cranny of America in this group and people from Canada, people from Europe, uh, a lot of Australians actually. So um, it really is a good time. Shout out to all my sinners worldwide. And that's the place where you can get Lead Singer Syndrome merchandise as well. And we run contests and it's a really, really good time. And it is what keeps this show going, keeps the lights on. It literally, the lights, they're, they're on when you are in the all-access club. So check it out. The link, leadsingersyndrome.com slash all-access. In other news with me, my band Silverstein is going out on a really big tour. A really, really big tour. We're celebrating 20 years of being a band. That blows my mind. Um... Yeah, like seriously. Uh, but the tickets are on sale now. If you go to Silverstein20.com, that's Silverstein20.com. We have all the shows on sale, general admission. We got VIP packages if you're into that sort of thing. We're also going to Europe. So if you're a European, we have many listeners from Europe. We're going over there first, so check that out. We're also coming back to Australia for Unify. And also today, actually, as a matter of fact, we just launched a brand new song. It is a cover that Hopeless Records put out on a compilation called Songs That Saved My Life. We picked a song by the Smashing Pumpkins, just a classic song. It's called Disarm. You probably know it if you listen to any sort of 90s radio. It'll be on there. Um, And it's a great song, and I feel like we did it justice, so check it out. And if you hate it, You can call the hate line. That's right. The hate line is back, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't like anything, feel free to call. Leave me a message of hate. 1-657-666-H-A-T-E. If you think we butchered Disarm by Smashing Pumpkins, go listen to it. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever floats your boat, wherever you got your music, it's there. If you don't like it, give me a call. Call the hate line. Call the hate line anyway. I love it. I love listening to all of the messages. Well, I guess that just about does it for the old intro. So let's get into it with the very prolific and such a nice guy, Mr. Scott Sellers of Rufio. You and me dancing in the night away. 
blockchain. Scott, you made it. What up, dude? How you doing? I'm good. 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 Good morning. I uh, I always have mad respect for for people that are willing to wake up a little bit earlier, because uh, I am not a morning person, dude. Dude, same. I'm usually like a, a one pmer. Yep. Okay. So, uh, so, so this is kind of a this is kind of a big deal for me here. All right, <laughs> dude. I love it. I love it. We've been trying to do this. We've been trying to do this for a few months, and yeah. I, I'm not going to blame you. I'm going to chalk it up to your uh, relentless uh, production schedule of your own music. Eh, you, you could say that, but <laughs> okay. it's not really like that. <laughs> uh, well, what has it been like? What did you do? Four four full length or almost full length albums in like a year? Yeah, yeah, I did a. I I don't know what happened. I just got something in me and just felt like writing, so I just started writing. It's yeah, it's it's, com- a- it's completely insane, man, and it's it's awesome because like the quality never suffered. And I I know you've you've said that you didn't really care about the quality. It was just like you were just getting these songs out, but it's yeah. they're actually good, really good, really good songs. Actually, they are though. Not yet. Well, thanks, dude. I'm just, I'm just kind of having fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it's it. Like, uh, it's like, I, it's, I got kind of like, uh, like sick of writing music for a while and sick of just, just the music industry in general. Yeah. So, so just like after not writing for so long, like it, I mean, I was writing, but like kind of going along with like, like, like trends and shit. But eventually I just hit this point where it's like, dude, I'm sick of everything. I'm just going to start writing whatever the hell. So I just started writing whatever. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's honest and it feels honest. And it, a lot of the times with the songs and to be honest, man, I, I haven't even had a chance to get through all four records. Um, now, how could you do? I don't expect anybody <laughs> to, man. <laughs> I, I've listened, I mean, I've listened to a lot of them, but I haven't gotten through all four, but a lot of it really does have the kind of youthful energy um, of like the early Rufio stuff, like I can feel the passion in it. Um, is, do you think that that's accurate? Yeah, I, I think it is accurate. Actually, I, it's because it, like you know when you first start your band, like we started Rufio in uh, in like two thousand ish, I think. Yeah, and uh, like it was just for fun. We just wanted to we just wanted to play and write some cool shit that well that we thought was cool, and that was it. And then. I mean, like people started digging it. People found it just in the early days of the internet and shit. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, but it kind of feels like that again right now. Like just writing and and yeah, just writing some songs just that we that I think is are cool that I like. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. And that's like what without it's, what it's all about, dude. Uh, yeah, let's let's go back and talk about those days, man. It's it's funny. So I um I was a really big uh, fan of you, and we've never really talked about this i mean you and i have i think we've met in the past but we haven't really spoken yeah um, like a couple of random short short times <laughs> exactly yeah and uh exactly and um but i was a huge fan of of rufio like in the mp3.com days oh yeah and and mp3.com was this i mean a lot of younger people won't know what the fuck that is and i don't even know what yeah. it is now it must exist but uh basically it was kind of like the first social media for bands. Like yes. you, you would post uh, like a song, just an MP3 and you'd put it up and it was free for anyone to download. And then there were like charts um, of like, you know, which had the most people, you know, downloading. Yeah. 
because uh, I don't know if streaming existed yet. I think you had to actually download it and then listen to it like with Winamp or something. Yeah, it was uh, it was great <laughs> downloads. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And it took, um, it took like an hour to download one song. Oh, I know, I know, it was crazy. And, and this was yeah, but that was, was quick. Still, yeah. I mean, I remember, and this was around the same time as Napster. Um, yeah. But Napster was was plagued with so many problems because, you know, you never really knew what you were gonna get. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you would just like download the, something that's labeled wrong. That's and you end up listening to something random. And you, even if you wanted to find the song, you couldn't find it. No, you know what was crazy just about that because it's, it's labeled the wrong fucking name. Totally. And some bands, like uh, my friend Chris, who's a big fan of you actually as well. Uh, he, he his band back then he used to put other names of other bands. Yeah. And then in brackets, not actually this band. This is my band. Check us out. Here's our website. <laughs> and it worked. That's People, fucking hilarious, yeah, dude. It worked. So so I really liked mp3.com because you could um you could literally like find cool bands that, that no one really knew. And Rufio, you guys for some reason, I don't know what you did, you were like the top of the charts. Dude, you know what? So, so- yeah, internet was new, like, d- music online was new, and so, like, I was literally on my computer every day, dude, like, I was going through random, f- like, music forums and all these things, and, like, picking out people's emails, and I would literally just send out, like, emails, like, mass emails to wow. people every day. Wow. And, uh, You're the OG like, but, scammer. <laughs> yeah, dude. But like at the time, that wasn't like. No, I know. You, know. you know, you go into your email now and there's fucking it's swamped with a bunch of crap you don't want to see. Like, but back then it wasn't a thing. You know what I mean? So I was like just spamming that shit fucking nonstop, like every day, just trying to get people to listen to this shit. Yeah. And, and like it, it worked. I can't I, I don't deny doing it. I don't like uh, regret doing that. You know, it's. It worked. <laughs> I know. It's so wild thinking about the old days of the internet. Like, I remember when Hotmail came out. Um, <coughs> I, I We're about the same age. I'm 38. So, um, yeah. Seven. So, uh, yeah, I remember, like, when Hotmail came out, I was in high school, and we all got, like, our Hotmail accounts. Like, mine was gmoney at hotmail.com uh, <laughs> yeah. for some reason. And uh, so, uh, it doesn't exist anymore. Don't email me. Uh, that's you, you know, My email <laughs> is in the intro. But, uh, uh what was so fucking crazy was, so my girlfriend, and it's like, you know, I'm 16 or whatever. My girlfriend had Hotmail too. But what I realized very early on was if I logged, if I put her email address into Hotmail and I didn't put a password, if she was logged in or had forgotten to log out, I would just be able to log into her account without a password. <laughs> That's how primitive and how like shitty the internet was and people are gonna say people are gonna say like oh no way that that's like real that was real man like i broke into all my friends email accounts that way if they forgot to log out i could log in how insane is that super sketchy but yeah true though (laughs) so this is this is it was the wild wild west of primitive internet and music on the internet but what what was interesting to me was like and you and you had no awareness of this at the time, I'm sure. But you know, I'm from Canada, so I, I'm literally, you know, in a different country. Listening to your band, like above me was was on MP3.com. Like that was a, yep. one of the songs, and you know, I loved it so much. And I was telling all my friends about it, and you know, I'm 
looking at all the bands that I want to see coming through, like Lagwagon and Strung Out or, you know, whoever. And I'm like, when's Rufio coming? You know? <laughs> and it was like, they're never coming. Like, this is, this, there's mm-hmm. a, there was such a disconnect between what was going on uh, on the internet for music and what was, like, going on in real life. Yep. There was, they're, and, they're... and no, no bands on mp3.com, no matter how big or good they were, none of them were really getting signed or touring. It was like, yeah, it was weird. I mean, like we were on there. The, the only like w- one that stands out that was on there too was a uh, was Thursday. Oh they were, yeah, okay. They were all over uh, mp3.com too. But yeah, you're right though. There was there was this like weird like it was like a different world. It wasn't the real world. Like it, like even like we went on our first tour. It was a uh, was strung out and fucking poison the well. Oh yeah, I saw, <laughs> I saw you guys on that one. Oh no shit! Yeah, it was at the Hell Buffalo yeah, show. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. But uh, yeah, we, so we did, did that tour, and like I was talking to the strung out dudes, and they were asking me like, "How how the fuck did you guys get these fans?" Because we were selling like thirty five hundred bucks in merch every night, and, like doing really well. Yeah, I bought a uh, shirt. <laughs> it yeah. had like a motorcycle or something on it. I don't even, re- dude. I don't even remember <laughs> any of I, our designs. On dude, I think I still, I think I still have it actually. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Send me a picture of that shit, dude. If I could find it, yeah, it's definitely probably my like locked in my parents' basement. Um, but yeah, it was. I didn't know that was your first tour. That's crazy. Yeah, first tour. It was weird. Like we were we were looked at as like these like like we were like the pussy band. You know what I mean? Like everybody was playing this hard shit. Like we're playing after poison or right before Poison the Well. Rise like, Against was on that tour too, right? Yeah, Rise Against. Was on that tour too, yeah. That was the first time I've ever heard of Res Against too on that tour. Yeah, that was like that was way maybe. primitive day. That's like I think that's before, or right when their second record came out. No, maybe before their second record came out. Yeah. I think it was before the second record. Yeah, yeah, when they still had the long hair guy in the band. Yep. Right. Right. Wow. Crazy. Wow. Uh, Crazy. But, but yeah, no. You, I mean, you guys were. Yeah, I mean, you guys were looked at as the like young like. Pussy band, you just said it. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, and in some ways, that was what I think drew a lot of people to your band, though, because you still had like the fast double time punk, but your vocals, <laughs> your vocals were like it was kind of like newfound glory meets meets skate punk, you know? And like, yeah. And I I love that about about your band so much. And that's that's we've we've gotten that since birth of the band until now. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Well, but but the funny thing is about that because when you're writing the songs, you have this like idea of the song in your brain, and you totally like some of those songs. Like I thought were hard as fuck. You know what I mean? I was like, dude, <laughs> this song fucking, this song is fucking hard. And then we'd play with these other bands, and then you'd feel like, oh shit, I guess this isn't like what I thought it was or something. I, I don't know. know. Like you just have this idea of it, but like, but you're right. Like what changed it was my voice, like my high ass fucking just not aggressive voice and like that's I'm, I'm plagued with that even if i wanted to write a hard <laughs> song now, i know it's not gonna turn out fucking hard as shit because i can't do it <laughs> <laughs> absolutely you know and i i don't know if you're gonna remember this because we're talking about something that happened i mean not quite 20 years ago but something like that on that that show uh, and i've t- i think i've told the story on the podcast but it's a good story so i went down to buffalo it's only like two hours maybe from where i where i grew up so I go down with my friend Chris, the guy I just talked about. We go to, we won't really wanted to see you guys, but of course we love Strung Out and Poison the Well and Rise Against even. And yeah. I'm waiting in line for the show. 
and this was like right at the time um, that Simple Plan was like getting big on like uh, on like oh, radio was that the show that they showed up in their bus? Did they have a bus? I didn't know that yeah, part. They had yeah, a, yeah. So, and they played the show, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm standing outside <laughs> in line, and like you know how at punk shows, like or any show really, they they play like changeover music, you know, between the bands, and yeah. a lot of times they'll play something. Like, usually they try to play something, like, cool. <laughs> they don't, like, want to play yeah. lame music between or anything that maybe the people at the show would consider lame. And yeah. I remember being in line and hearing uh, Simple Plan and being, like, and it sounded so good. I, like, like um, I thought it was their CD being played, like, before the band started or something. Yeah. So I was, like, oh, this is so weird that they're playing, like, Simple Plan between the bands. And we walk in and they're on stage. Yeah, and and and, I, and of course, like that band sounds amazing for some reason, like so good. They're, yeah, they really do. Honestly, I, I they know. Really do. Uh, like they're just it, tight as fuck, dude. So <laughs> yeah, so tight even back then. And I was just like, this is so weird. But um, me and Pierre were actually really close friends now, and he he ended up. T- I actually knew um, Pierre pretty well from his old band called Reset. Yeah, Reset. Oh, they're such a good band. Yeah, so I love Reset. So yeah, they just jumped on the show because they knew the strung out guys, but I didn't know they rolled up in a bus. That's great. That makes it even better. Yeah, dude, we we tripped balls too. Like we, we it was, they they opened the show. Yeah, like they played. Yeah. we were the normal opener, but yeah, they, they played, played before, before you. us that show. Yep, yep, exactly. And uh, uh, I was I remember I was outside like smoking a cig or some shit, and then uh, this big ass bus rolls up. And me and the dudes are looking at this thing like, who the fuck is this? You know what I mean? And then these like dudes that like walk out of the bus, they're our age. We're like, who the fuck is this? They're like, hey, we're Simple Plan, and we're like, who the fuck is this? I love (laughs) it. Like we we had no clue who they were were still at that time. You know what I mean? Right, right. No, it was really. I mean, like, like I'm just a kid. Was like they were playing it on Much Music in 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 Canada. Yeah, I assume in, in the states too. So. You, you know what's funny? The only reason I knew of them at that time was because uh, um, one of their one of their songs was labeled. No, one of our songs was labeled as Simple Plan on Napster. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny! Wow, yeah. That's hilarious, Going dude. Back to that, but, but we got that with uh, Simple Plan and Yellow Card all the time, dude. Yeah, long labels. Yep. No, absolutely. So you know, so the thing about you guys and you guys had such a, a flash of an existence like it wasn't that long you know you guys were you know touring and stuff like this this was probably this show was maybe 2002 was it yeah 2001 yeah i think it's about 2002 yeah 2002 probably yeah 2002 2001 and then you know by 2006 you guys were like kind of on your way out yeah Um, after (laughs) after putting out three records and uh uh, what I really like from my perspective, and I, I want to get your take of, of course, but mm-hmm. I kind of attribute it to a bit of an identity crisis uh, within your band and within what was going on, like kind of in the scene at that time, you know, <coughs> because there was yep. so much like the emo mu- movement, you know, you bring up Thursday, like that band exploded and then taking back Sunday, like yep. those bands in the scene got big and in some ways they were punk bands, but they weren't punk bands like you or strung out were punk bands. Yeah, I, um, I, I've never considered like Taking Back Sunday or Thursday punk, really. You know what I mean? Like, right? No, but I mean, but those guys love but, No Effects just as much as we do. You know? Yeah. So but, there's the influence and, and, there. 
and still they still like in some way they still fit in that era that genre you know what i mean yeah. like it, 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 everything like there were so many genres of music but everything worked together weirdly exactly but, exactly yeah continue though you were saying uh, no no you, just, you, just the identity crisis that that i feel like must have been going on like you know your your songs were getting a little bit slower um yeah you know like and now and i always wondered kind of why i never had a chance to ask you but now i'm hearing your solo stuff and it's like blazing like so much double time and and it sounds like the early Rufio stuff, like MP3.com stuff. So, what what was going on there with the band and and the kind of way that you guys were evolved evolving? Yeah, you you nailed it, dude. The identity crisis. Like, uh, I still wanted to play punk. Uh, our other guitarist was all about metal. Uh, the other guitar, I mean, the the bass player, like, wanted to do with wh- whatever was like kind of getting popular at the time. You know what I mean? Right, like the trends, yeah. Yeah, he wanted to kind of go with trends, and our drummer was, uh, he's always, like, super weird shit, and he wanted to start playing more, like, modern Beatles kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) uh, So everybody just wanted, had different input on the songs, everybody disagreed on everything, like, when it came to music, and yeah, that was it. Like, it, it, it starts to get rough when nobody wants to do the same thing, nobody has the same ideas and the same, same goals. It got hard. I mean, for us, you know what I mean. So, like, it was just time. I think just because of that identity crisis that you were talking about is real, like super real. <clears throat> Absolutely. If you if you um were to go back, would you have put your foot down and been like, "Yo, we're gonna stick with kind of one sound and kind of ride it out through the trends"? Do you think that that nah. would have been a better approach, or or no regrets? No. I mean, I mean, it, it could have been a better approach if you're looking at like if you're trying to get to a certain goal or something, but for me, like being in a band is being in a band. My voice is just as, as, as important as yours and the other two, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think everybody needs to have that, that freedom in a band. Everybody needs to have the same like quarter split, you know what I mean? Or like however many members split, like everybody's opinion matters. I think, it, I mean, when it comes to everything, it's like that for us. With me in a project, I mean, anyways, it's like I'm not the only one there doing that. It's not my call. Everybody gets the same share of money. Everybody has the same opinions. You know, you know what I mean. You know what yeah. I mean. It's, I, I can't, I can't do that. I can't take over because it doesn't feel good for me. <laughs> no, I. That's. I mean, that's good. That's. That's a great, you know. Way to live, man. I, I totally think so. Another thing that I, I noticed like early on, you know, I remember when perhaps I suppose came out and I ran to the store to buy it. And of course they didn't have it. And, I, you know, it was a, like yeah. a wild goose chase with that, with that record. But it was it was a record that I anticipated so heavily. And I remember I read the liner notes and like every person in your band thanked like God and Jesus um, mm-hmm. except you <laughs> yeah and i was like I, I found that kind of interesting because i'm i'm not like at all um uh like religious or anything like that uh yeah and i know you guys were often kind of put into like a christian scene like people would call you guys a christian band and stuff and yeah, i was like i don't know you have they have a song called dipshit and like the singer clearly isn't uh, yeah. I saw him like drinking and smoking outside of his bus, so he's clearly not worried about the, you know, that that look yeah. anyway. So I, I always kind of wondered if there was like a clash there, uh, ideology wise in the band too. 
the, the, you, there kind of was at, at a point, like only in like the early days. Yeah. Um, like I like that, that's insane to me that you took that out of like the thank yous. But yeah, you're, you're right. I'm a, I've I'm never a, been. There's a reason I do this show, man. I'm a weirdo. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that makes sense, dude. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I've never been religious. Uh, it's it's. But I I, I want to kind of go back because like you yeah. you were talking about how uh, how people called us like a Christian band sometimes and shit like that and like we did get that a lot and it was the weirdest thing to me because like I, I love writing about religion like I love writing about religion like even though I'm not religious I still have ideas and thoughts and shit about it you know what I mean so like on our old record on perhaps like save the world is like a song about religion but it's about like don't push your religion on me you know what i mean but i think people like i didn't write that song our bass player wrote that song but even still like if yeah i don't know like people like heard us singing about god and called us christian but not realizing that we were singing about god like hey don't push that shit on me you know what i mean (laughs) well i mean above (laughs) me sounds like it's about god yeah i guess like I, I always just thought it was a, about that, or like at least loosely about that. I don't know. I mean, yeah, that makes sense, but it's so fucking weird because I've never thought of like it, it about God. But yeah, I mean, like whatever to each his own, I guess, dude. I mean, that's no, music. absolutely. The same thing happened. <laughs> the same thing happened with with Silverstein in the early days too, because you know we, <laughs> we couldn't get any tours, and we had this booking agent who, I mean, he took us on. I mean, that's awesome because no one else would book us. And he was from Houston, Texas. His name was Michael Kelly. And uh, yeah. uh, and he booked, like, all Christian bands and us. So we, we would get packaged together. So we played with, like, the entire tooth and nail roster, practically. Um, yeah. And everybody <laughs> just thought we were a Christian band. And I would get emails, like, ridiculous emails about, like, my faith and my ch- what church I go to. And, uh, yeah. you know, and, like, like, asking me about certain lyrics and what passages of the bible were my favorite and i'm just like just gonna like log out of my hotmail account dude like this is, <laughs> it was like i didn't know i didn't really know how to take it on because because like i didn't want to also didn't want to like disappoint those people either and say I know, like, it's like like what am i gonna say like no i don't believe in in what is really important to you and i don't yeah. care so you know i, I kind of a lot of times i just ignored it and it's like you know not that i was being like pretending i just didn't say anything yeah yeah, did you guys feel like so? So when you went out with these uh, the, the the Christian bands, did you guys play like church venues and stuff? Uh, a little bit. Like there was that one in Dayton, Ohio. I think it was called the Attic. That was like a Christian venue we played, and um, like a couple, but not re- not really. Like there was a few of them, but not too many. Because we we went out with uh, Reliant K and MXPX in like '06. It was like yeah. the MXPX Panic Tour or something, and um. <clears throat> There were a few of those shows where these like massive churches and people would come and buy our record and like be asking about like, what are the songs about this and this? And I'm just like, uh, like life. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and we had like multiple parents come and bring the CD back and be like, I just read through these lyrics and there's curse words in these, in these pamphlets. Wow. Like we go back to the merch booth where I'm standing and I'm like, Oh, well here, here's your money back. I don't, whatever. Like wow. we we're, we didn't choose to fucking we didn't book this show. They took us along with them, so we're playing this show. It's not like 
like whatever. If you think I'm a shitty person for saying shitty, then be on your way. I don't, whatever. <laughs> no, there, that, it's, that it's just always been such a weird lifestyle to me. It's not lifestyle. It's just always been such a weird, weird religion in general is very weird to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, man. I agree. Um, th- there's another one too. I think that band, uh, Oh Sleeper, they're like a metal metalcore band, Christian metalcore band, and and I had a band I was managing called Dead and Divine that was on tour with them, and there were like certain shows on the tour they weren't allowed to play. Really? Like, like the yeah, like because it was a a Christian venue, and like they, I don't know, they like say what was you know construed as like anti-religion, religious or anti-Christian. Um, yeah, uh, lyrics or something, or or swear words or whatever. So they weren't. There was like a couple shows they had to sit out, which hey, but, is wild. It's it, it's wild, but at the same time, like I I I kind of like feel that like it, it, like if Reliant K came to us and was like, "Hey, we don't want you guys to play this show because you guys curse when you're on stage or whatever, just any reason whatsoever," I'd be like, "Oh, that's cool." You know what I mean? Like it would make sense because I don't feel comfortable playing at churches either. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I mean that that's that's fair. That's fair. But I mean your but sound. You go ahead though. You go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's it. I was said, but we did though. <laughs> yeah, well, you gotta you gotta pay the bills or like at least be able to buy Taco Bell that day. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, your sound though has a a lot of Christian. I think a lot of Christian um, influence. Like there were so many especially from California, like some of those punk bands, um, I mean, like Slick Shoes or uh, Broken, yeah. Broken Cedars. I don't know if you ever remember that band. or love uh, Broken Cedars, Weren't dude. they a great band? They uh, were fucking or, awesome. Um, off the Record. Off the uh, Record. Sick of Change. Like Sick you, of Change. Our bass player was in Sick of Change. Really? Oh, my God. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah like he those, was on the first record. It was like, it was all these bands that were just like playing as fast as, like, humanly possible and yep. just like melo- and super melodic yeah and that was like but, a, a big part of your sound so maybe that's another reason you got lumped into that well with the, the weird so i told you i'm not christian i'm not religious but at the same time i loved that entire like library of music at that time like the whole like tooth and nail catalog was so good yeah like i loved it even though they sang about like you, see i have nothing against religion like i have n- nothing against it i love the fact that people have that in their life and some people, people are so passionate about something like that. You know what I mean? I think that's, it's, it's like, like mind blowing to me, but at the same time, it's interesting and it's awesome. Yeah. So when people do sing about God and sing about like being saved and shit, like it's, I, I think it's cool because I mean, it's not my thing, but I think it's cool to be that, that, that people are that passionate about it. And I don't know, like that entire scene, like the, like that punk scene we took, so much influence from all that slick shoes and MXPX and all of that shit, dude. No, I, I, it shows. Um, so guitar playing wise, that's another thing. Like I remember uh, when I went to your show in Buffalo that we've talked about in great, great, you know, length now. Uh, I was watching, you know, you on stage, and you know the the classic like, you know, James Hetfield plays the riffs and sings, and Kirk Hammett plays the solos. Um, but I, I saw like you're singing and you're like also the one shredding, like playing all these like complicated leads. Um, you're a ripper on the guitar, man. How, uh, how did you start with that? What were some of the influences? Like, how did you get so proficient, you know, like technically? I I don't know. Just, just played every day. I still play literally every day for probably at least two hours. 
every single day. So, wow. I mean, like when we were, when we were little, like uh, I was, I started learning, learning at like 11, I think with the original guitarist of Rufio too. We learned guitar together and um, yeah, we just learned a bunch of metal and that was it. Just played a bunch of Metallica. Like you said, like literally like just Metallica all day, dude. It was that and silver chair and like the grunge scene. Yeah. Well, the grunge scene didn't have that many like great guitar players. I mean, like, uh, no, but it kept me playing guitar. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, I mean, it helped you write songs, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. But yeah, I don't, I don't know, dude. Like, just with guitar, there was no like, dude, I don't, I don't know. I, I think it just came down to practice with like, like where I got with guitar, just practice every day. And it wasn't necessarily practice. It was fun. It was, I'm just playing, you know? I love it, man. I love it. Do you miss touring? Yes and no. Like he, I got, I got super sick of everything. Like I said before, like I just got sick of touring. I got sick of every aspect of business when it came to music. Yeah. And and being on the road, like as as like relaxed as it can be, as, at the same time, it's still like just a nonstop schedule. Things you got to do. This and this and this. It places. I, I, it's, I think it's just too stressful for me to, to do right now. Yeah. Uh, but it, but at the same time, yeah, I do miss it. Like, I mean, when I'm on my deathbed, I'm going to be talking about the fucking touring days and how amazing it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> well, you're, but, I mean, but that's what you're doing like day to day now. Like you're working in music, right? Like you're recording stuff. You're, you're writing for people. You're playing on records. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's like a big part of your, still a big part of, of it. Like you're still kind of immersed in the music business. I mean, it's a different kind of hustle, I guess, but it's still a hustle. Yeah, it's still a hustle. It's just not as exhausting, I think. Like touring, I, I just couldn't do it, dude. And like, I, I, I went through this weird, like anxiety phase. Like, you know what I mean? Like just so much, th- so many different things. Like after touring, like stepping into the real world gave me like the worst anxiety dude you know because we started touring when i was 18 yeah just like just turned 18 or something wow and we started touring so i lived my growing up life on the road you know what i mean so then when touring stopped in like 07 like i just got super like stuck inside myself and didn't really know how to live without tour. You know what I mean? Like you step into the real world and it's like, what the fuck do I do now? Dude, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm still there. Like I, I haven't, <laughs> like I'm like you yeah. and I started around the same time as you, but I just never stopped. And like, yeah. it would be, and I'll be completely honest. Like I can, I can totally relate. Like if I'm, if I'm home for a while, like without, you know, like going on tour, I start to mm-hmm. get like kind of stir crazy. So if it was like over and I was like, okay, this is just, I'm just going to be here now and do whatever I'm going to do. It would definitely be crazy adjustment. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, it's the weirdest, weirdest feeling, you know, like you tour for so long and you play for so long. I mean, like even after 07, we kept touring and kept playing uh, uh, overseas. So like we really kind of stopped around like 2010. Yeah. Well, you put that record out in 2010, which I thought was a really good record. Um, uh, is any uh, anybody out there? That was yeah. a good, that was a good record. That was like an attempt at like a like, like a just a poppy like songwriting record. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I I liked it. I liked it. I I uh, I, I thought it was I better like than the one before. I I actually agree. I I like how it turned out. 
But but like I mean like it's rare to write a record and be like I hate this record. <laughs> well, not right away at least, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not right away exactly. Like it, it it took me at least 10 years to start hating perhaps. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, perhaps I could see why you would hate perhaps because the way it's recorded and like the auto-tune is like yeah. pretty out there. Yeah. Um, of course, that was at the time like when no one really knew how to use auto-tune properly. It was like just like an yeah, effect, and like at, a, at the effect, time it like was like, dude, you pedal. can't even tell it's tuned. Sorry. Yeah, at the time it was like, dude, I, I can't even tell there's auto tune on that. <laughs> no, it just sounded like you. Like that's just what people thought you sounded like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. It's, it's so bad though. It's it's like that that record is so hard for me to listen to. Like it's so hard for me to listen to. Yeah. I- <laughs> I still really like it, <laughs> but, but uh, it's not my voice. Yeah, it's not my voice. Um, so I want to talk before I let you go in, and I really do appreciate you jumping on early in the morning with me. Um, I, I want to talk about all the stuff that you're doing now. And one of my favorite things that you did was, I think just a few months ago, you released a video for a song called Hopeless Romantic. Yeah. And it's, it's a video and I was, I clicked on it cause I was confused about what it was cause the the shot on YouTube is just like a screen of Pro Tools, like a computer monitor screenshot. Yeah. So I didn't know what it was, and I clicked on it, and it's like a um, time-lapse shot of you putting together uh, an entire song yourself from I see you programming the MIDI drums at the beginning and then Mm -hmm. recording uh, the guitars and opening the like little notepad for the lyrics and then performing the vocals like i thought that that was such a cool thing that you did and you kind of let your fans um in on yeah just kind of see the process i guess i mean because dudes are asking me because I, I was like i'd like post a song be like hey i wrote this jam check it out and then like a couple days later like oh, i wrote this jam check it out like whatever you know what i mean like and it's like how are you writing like i kept getting people asking me like how are you what how are you writing this shit so fast and i was like oh i don't know i'll show you <laughs> you know, so, like I, I was gonna you go ahead. What's go, that? Ahead. go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna do like a, instead of the time lapse video, I was just gonna do like entire sessions. But then it would be like a four and a half hour video of me like sitting there repeating a fucking guitar riff over and over and over. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, that's gonna get really boring. So I just time lapse it and said, fuck it, and just yeah. Not to mention, <laughs> like, if the camera's rolling, you might not like be yourself the same way. Yeah, yeah, true. You know, true. Uh, but so is that? That's how long it takes you to put that together? Like that that time lapse video was four and a half hours. Yeah, that one took uh, four and a half hours. Yeah. And like, okay, I really. Oh my god, I have so many questions. So when you come into <laughs> this, like, I saw that you started programming the MIDI drums. Did had you already written like the song, uh, uh, or like no. a riff, or like you kind of just, or you started like at that mark? Like, how did how did that work? That, how does that so, work? so so on the on that, that time lapse, uh, the first thing I recorded was a, a electric guitar to to click. Okay. And uh, yeah, so that that was like literally the entire process from thinking of an idea to finishing the song. You know, like wow. uh, like yeah, like I started with like a random guitar idea, and then um, yeah, you just kind of build off it, I guess. I don't I don't know how else to how else to say it. It's like you just kind of write stuff and then keep it. So cool. 
You know what I mean? Like, it's, well, I, I know, I know what you mean, but you're talking I mean, to a that's guy that's a, lucky to write one song a year over here. So, like, yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm a very slow writer. So I, I found it this very like, to be honest, like kind of inspiring. Um, I, but I think it, I, I don't think anybody should be inspired by it because it's 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 literally me not caring and not thinking about what I'm writing and not thinking about a direction. And, I'm just kind of literally just like jamming like on to a click and then putting drums to that and then adding bass lead and then writing lyrics and seeing them as I write them. You know what I mean? It's not like, it's all like, just like write apart, record it, write apart, record it. Like that, that's all it is. You know what I mean? It's not, yeah. there's no thought put into it. That's what, and, and but, but at the same time, that's what, that's why I'm like loving writing right now because I'm not thinking about it and I'm not caring about it. It's just like, just kind of just playing just for something fun to do. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, but it's, but it's not just anybody can do that, man. Like that's, you have a, a talent, see, but, but I, I mean, disagree with that, dude. I think everybody thinks about it too much. I think if anybody, anybody literally who plays guitar literally just recorded some, some chords in key, they're doing the same thing. It's not like I'm not doing anything else. It's just playing notes in key. And I really, do think that anybody can do that, but I think you have to take out the thought process and you have to take out like the, all the, the things you care about. <laughs> you know wow. what I mean? Well, that's, I am still, <laughs> I'm still inspired by it and I'm going to try it. I, I uh, I'm going to do my Please own. Do. Uh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to sit down at a computer when I have four and a half hours and I'm going to see yes. what I come up with. And I know it's not going to be anywhere near the four records that you put out within the span Dude, of the year. Dude, I bet you, yo, yo, challenge, come on, I de- actually do this. Like, I'm, sit I, down, I will, just I will record do it. shit. I will Don't do it. Don't think about it, just record shit. Yeah, I will absolutely do it, man. Um, that's gonna be your next single. It's gonna be huge, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if that happens, I'll give you full credit, dude. I will, I will, I will, every interview, I'll be like, Scott Sellers, look him up. Before record in a year, man. He 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 showed me. He taught me. Um, he, he taught me to stop caring. So do you uh do you have like do you record that all just like in your house? Like that's just a little like just a little studio yeah, in, a, just, in a room. Yeah, it's just in my garage. Just chilling in my garage doing this shit, dude. Like I, I work. Uh, I do mixing at, at home too. Like for I work for a studio out here. Yeah, and um, I do mixing uh here in my garage, and then uh. I send those songs off and I'm done with work and then I just keep going with my own shit, you know? So it's, I'm kind of like just recording and mixing all day. But I mean, as I get older, like all my friends are married and kids and all this. And I, I mean, that's what I do with my time now. You know, it's not work. It's, it's just what I do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's, it's really, really cool. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, everyone's going to be wondering why I didn't ask you this, so I have to ask you this. But uh, is there any sure. chance of uh, Rufio getting back together, playing festival, or anything like that? Uh, Zero is that chance. ever going to happen? Zero chance. I mean, they, they, they could do it without me, but there's zero, zero chance I'm going to be doing that. Just be, because of, like, I, I, I want to leave that where it's at. Like, yeah. I, I love every memory with Rufio, dude. Like, love it all. And uh, yeah, I I I, I want to keep it there so I can still look at it as a, a good thing. If we got together now, I don't think anybody cares enough about the music, the Ruf, Rufio's music anymore to uh to tour on it. And like I I, I can't tour. If, I don't if, think that's true, but 
No, no, I mean like, and when I say anybody, I mean our band. Oh, oh, okay, okay. No, I, don't I think, think people we, out there definitely, definitely would would go to the show. But, yeah, you know, I, I mean, think we don't care about it enough to to tour on it. I respect that. I respect that, man. Well, keep the solo stuff coming. You you got um you got more stuff in the in the works. What's next? Can you talk about yeah. it? Yeah. I'm uh, picking through 25 songs right now, ish. 25 some for a uh, record five. <laughs> wow. But I, I don't, I don't know how many, uh, how many jams I'm gonna put on it. I don't know. I, maybe, maybe I'll finish just all 25 and put them out or something. I don't know. When you're doing solo records, you just, I'm just like writing a bunch of songs and calling them solo records, you know. No, totally. I, I totally see that. Um, but you know, for people that wonder what happened to Rufio, they should really check out your, your stuff because it's. Definitely sounds like Rufio. It's your singing, and uh, and it sounds great. Like for for just all being in the box, it's it's amazing what you can yeah. do these days. Yeah, it is insane, and I'm still learning too. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully it'll get get better. <laughs> are you? Uh, are, is there any uh, desire or plan to do any of this stuff live? Whether it be just yourself on stage, like acoustically playing the songs, or like actually putting together uh, a little band to to perform it? Is there any? any yeah, interest? yeah. Yeah, a lot of it actually, but like I, it's it's I, I have to get myself in the mood to start looking for uh, guitarists and players. I don't want to. Yeah, it's it's going to take a lot of time to get some like that together, and yeah. especially because I wouldn't want to do uh, I wouldn't want to do acoustic. Like I'm I'm, I'm probably going to do a couple acoustic songs, like just because like versions of the full band ones, just acoustic versions. But I. For live stuff, I, I wouldn't want to do anything but like full band. So it'll take a lot of time before anything some, anything like that happens. With yeah. like learning songs and yeah, teaching songs. I, and this totally, and that. I totally get it. Well, uh, well, dude, <laughs> I, I really do appreciate your your time uh, this morning and and uh, and I I yeah, that's that's amazing that what you're doing right now, and I I'm really really impressed. So keep thank it up. you, man. Keep it up. And thank you for having me on, dude. Of this course, cool. man. Of course. A lot I of love your re- podcast, dude. Thank I'm always you. listening to this shit. Thank you, man. A lot of people have requested you as a guest, so, uh, so they'll, they'll be stoked. Finally, almost 200 episodes later. Um, so uh, <laughs> I want to play one of your songs, uh, and I there's too many to choose from. Do you have a favorite or or uh, something you want the people to hear? Uh, put on Being Strange. That's like the, the anthem to my life right now. <laughs> You're not that strange. You're not that strange. I'm pretty weird, dude. I'm pretty weird. <laughs> Scott, dude, thank you so much for this, man. Uh, here it is, being strange on Lead Singer Syndrome.
Scott, and I'm going to use his tips, and I'm going to be writing some songs like in a big way, man. I'm just going to be churning them out. And what's amazing about Scott's material is, you know, he downplays it a little bit. Oh, you have to stop caring, or I just, you know, honestly, it's really good. It's really good. It's really consistent. It's really solid. And seriously, go on his band camp, Scott Sellers, search for it. He's got, I think, maybe only one album on Spotify, but the music's out there. Some of it's on YouTube. Uh, Check it out. It is really, really good stuff. And of course, go back and listen to those Rufio records again, because man, some of those are just classics, especially for, for me, perhaps I suppose still holds up. No matter how much Scott hates the vocals and hates the production on it. Anyway, you heard the song earlier, Being Strange. But I gotta leave you with the classic. The song that started it all. The song that when I plug my phone into my car, it just comes on. Every rental car I've ever had. The fade in. I hear it every time. I'm gonna leave the fade in on this one. It's called Above Me by Rufio on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. We'll see you next week for a banging episode. Peace and love.